Welcome to the Writing to Get Business podcast, where you'll get tips to expand your writing skills. Every week, you'll hear tips and strategies to support your writing. Pat Iyer is your show hostess, a ghostwriter, editor, and author who has written 48 books. Sit back, relax, and listen. Here's your hostess, Pat Iyer. Hi, I'm Pat Iyer, and I have written or edited a total of 49 books. I want to share with you for a couple of minutes what it means to be an author of a book. What does that mean for you if you're a business person? Let's suppose you have a coaching or consulting practice, or you're an entrepreneur, or you're a speaker. When you have a book that you have written, it automatically gives you a higher level of credibility. And here's a little secret. Even if the person holding your book and says, wow, she wrote a book. Even if that person never opens the cover of the book, just the fact that you have written it is an accomplishment that's impressive. Not everybody who's got the knowledge writes a book. In fact, a statistic is that 81% of the American population thinks they have a book in them and yet very few will actually carry out the steps necessary to write that book. If you are in the business world, having a book gives you more authority, more visibility, and more credibility. People find you who would otherwise never know who you are. And that's a huge boost when it comes to competing for work. As we live in a competitive world, being able to raise your fees being able to influence people and help them. You can launch a career or build a career with a book that you have written and touch lives in a way that you could never anticipate. I encourage you to take a look inside you. Do you have a book in you? And check out the course that I have available on my website at patire.com. That course is called Get Your Book finished. I will see you at the course. Hi, this is Pat Iyer with Writing to Get Business, and I have with me today Harriet Tubman Wright, who is the author of a book that we're going to be talking about in this segment. Harriet and I met through a networking joint venture relationship group that we're both involved with. And I wanted to bring her on the show so that we could talk about her topic, which is timely today. Harriet, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Let's talk about the subject matter of your book, highly relevant in terms of what we are all experiencing right now. What is your book covering? Well, the book is Releasing Stress, Creating Serenity, a body, mind, spirit, self-care primer for busy women. And so the focus is really teaching the value of self-care practices and, and for the body, for the mind, for the spirit, for the soul. Self-care is so essential as we serve and support others that we begin with taking care of ourselves so that we are better positioned 
to serve and support others with a little vigor and vitality. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's especially important now, as you said, especially important. And tell our listener, what, where are you in your business? Are you a consultant, a coach? Um, what do you do? What services do you provide? And that'll help us put a context for this book. Well, my business is the right resort, your soul safari to success. And I really work with women, mature women, entrepreneurs, executives, leaders, change makers, guiding them to fulfill their soul's calling, to take care of themselves so that they can have a healthy purposeful and prosperous life. So it's, it's a guidance process like coaching. And also I do teleclasses, webinars, um, and some live events that are being uh, reformatted for, for virtual. Mm -hmm. And of course I do a lot of speaking as well. I'm curious about what, drove you to write this book? What was the motivation behind creating it? I'm, a, I'm the firstborn in my family. And when my sisters who were twins were born seven years later, I became my mother's helper. I did everything. <laughs> I did everything, <laughs> everything, burping, everything. And then my brother was born a year and a half later. So there were three babies essentially in the family. And I had a good deal of my time was in, in helping take care of them. And my uncle came and he told my parents, get a babysitter and let this child be a child. And so, you know, from that personal experience, I realized I was, I, it freed me up <clears throat> to be able to, to do what I wanted to do. And I, what I find, obviously, as women, we tend to take care of our families. <clears throat> We're working. We serve our, our boss. We are perhaps putting our own um, passions on the back burner to serve. And again, when I realized, okay, if we're going to be fully who we are meant to be as women leaders, as women business people, as just women who have something to contribute, we've got to learn self-care practices so that, again, we are better positioned to serve and support others. So that was really my, my motivation. And, you know, working, just being around other women who could not fully be who they were because they were taking care of others. And the caretaker role now, especially we're taking care of elders, we're taking care of grandchildren. You know, this is a big role that, that women play, which again is why we must take care of ourselves first. We all know we're familiar with the oxygen, with the flight attendant who says if there's an emergency, put your oxygen mask on first while well, you don't want to pass out while you're trying to help somebody. So. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think you're pointing out something that is prevalent in so many cultures around the world, that the woman is expected to be the caretaker, and that sets up conflict and stress. A great deal of stress, frustration, overwhelm, and what I found um, some with many women, it takes a crisis, which can often be a physical crisis, just a breakdown, a depression or um, allergy. I mean, you know, there's some kind of crisis that's a health crisis. It's usually the alarm that I cannot continue doing this. I've got to do things differently in order for me to be healthy so that I can serve others. And um, so unfortunately, it, it usually takes a health crisis um, for, for, for women to really recognize their own value and therefore to, to learn the value of taking care of themselves so that they can serve, care for, support others again from a wellspring of vigor and vitality you know from a positive state as you were talking i was i was thinking about the implications for women and for the self-care and the the desires of women to get educations to start businesses to to do as much as they can i was thinking about my grandfather who <clears throat> grew up in a whole different era mm -hmm. in terms of how women's roles were fashioned. And he said to my husband one time, I wish your wife had never gone to get her degrees in nursing. It was totally unnecessary. She could have been staying at home taking care of me. And I thought, wow, that's such a different perception of the role of a woman I was stunned by that, and yet I'm sure it's not an unusual mindset, particularly for people who grew up in an era where women, his wife didn't drive. She, to my knowledge, never worked outside the home. They had mm -hmm. one child, my father. She was in a whole different place, and they, they had a very unhappy relationship. They bickered and nipped at each other all the time you know little cutting remarks mm, got to mm. the point that we didn't want to be around them because they were always fighting but on a very low level not a big i'll leave you and i'll never be back again mm -hmm. but always mm -hmm. that unhappiness mm -hmm. in their relationship and i don't know how much of it was due to my grandmother not having anything to occupy herself or how much she was forced like you, she, her parents died when she was 12. She went to work to support herself at the age of 12 and had no choice about that. And I, I congratulate your uncle for recognizing the situation that you were in. Did your family get a babysitter after he made that comment? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, my, my, um, I didn't have grandparents 
And so he was like a, a, a grandfather figure. I was actually uh, born in Kansas City, and that's where my parents lived. And absolutely, there are people now who, who you know, my sisters are grown, girl, oh, I used to babysit you. So it didn't mean that I was totally relieved from helping but it's like this isn't your full-time job we we when my mother went back to work uh we we got a housekeeper and so i wasn't on do she helped my sisters and brother get to, to get to school and then when she was off it was my turn to take over until my mother came home from work <laughs> so you know we we worked it out but i think you know as you were sharing that story it again speaks to um, the importance of women being able to, to be who they were born to be and do what they were born to do. That that's where the joy comes from. That's where the peace of mind comes from. That's where being able to share your gifts uh, from a, a place of, of joy makes all the difference in your life, in your family life, in your business or organization. Uh, it does, and yet it, it can be very challenging in family dynamics or in relationships to have one person do what you're suggesting, which is recognizing their own talents and break the patterns. Mm -hmm. People around them don't like to adjust to a new reality. <laughs> I'm smiling as you say this because we're going through a paradigm shift right now. People are, are most people are understanding that we cannot go back to what it was. We may not know what it's going to be, but we know we can't go back to what it is. So was, and therefore lots of adjustments are, are occurring, whether you like it or not, there's a degree of uncertainty, and yet there's also the possibilities, the opportunities. What can we create and co-create together? What is the world? What is the community? What is the organization? What is the business that I want? We get to co-create that now Should we choose? <laughs> I know of several companies who have been growing at huge leaps and bounds since the pandemic closed us down because they've taken advantage of the virtual space, mm -hmm. as one example, and have one guy who is who teaches people how to set up membership sites has had a huge year. And another man who runs um, a media empire, Jeffrey Hazlett, whose mm -hmm. show uh, we are broadcasting on his platform. He's had a large influx of people who want to be part of the C-suite network advisors. There are opportunities in this radically changed life. Absolutely. And maybe you addressed this in your book, but what are some of the factors that interfere with people being able to self-actualize or be able to utilize their 
talents to the full degree that's possible? I believe that there are family expectations. For example, I'll share in my own family, our, our edict, so to speak, was go, um, go to college so you can get a good education, so you can get a good job, so you don't have to depend on a man. That's how we were programmed. And whether I wanted to go to college or not, that's how I was programmed. And um, so I think when you say what, what interferes, sometimes family expectations, sometimes not even having um, self-confidence or not having a, a mentor, a guide, a coach, a spiritual leader who can encourage you. Um, and our own self-doubts, lack of confidence, um, willingness to accept the status quo. Well, that's what so-and-so did, or that's what my cousin did. Well, so I'll just do the same thing because it, well, they were successful. So I'll just, I'll just do that rather than, than, Lit, what I call listening to your soul, listening to that voice or that, for exa another example, you would love to play piano. Uh, oh no, but you need to go to college and you go to college, but your passion is playing the piano. And you know that when someone is doing their passion, they are energized, they are vitalized, they attract people to them because they are, there's nothing else they would rather be doing. And they become a gift to the world, whether it's music, whether it's art, whether it's uh, politics, in whatever field, they are expressing their passion, their reason for raison d'etre and it makes such a difference it that's give that sharing your gifts mm -hmm. what i call your soul aligned gifts it magnetizes it transforms <laughs> it uplifts it inspires it empowers that's what you that's where you want to be and you still got to take care of yourself, but I'm just saying the the um, the juice of doing what it is you were born to do is really why we're here, mm -hmm. and how we make the biggest difference for others. In your book, about some of the content. For example, do you offer strategies for helping to achieve that way of expressing your gifts? You know, I talk about body, mind, spirit, and um, I use them as, as one word. And, and I focus on the self-care piece. And I, I believe that as we focus, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share something. To restore balance means to be in alignment with your soul's deepest calling to pursue your purpose and passion. 
when who you are and what you do express your divine purpose and passion to transform and liberate those you serve, you're demonstrating body, mind, spirit, alignment, integrity, and well-being. You are on a path to freedom from stress and fulfillment through success. So again, when we're taking care of ourselves physically, mentally, emotionally, even mindset, um, sometimes we, you know, we can look at the, the mainstream news and be very depressed by it, turned off, angered by it. Well, I don't, whatever I need to know, I'll know. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend my time meditating. I'm going to spend my time developing affirmative affirmations or affirmative prayer that keep me positive, upbeat. I'm going to see highest good in, in situations. So it's, it's developing a, a, a mindset that frees me to be all that, that I can be. Um, so again, I think that um, it's helpful when you have guidance and that guidance may come from a mentor, a, a coach, a, a, a spiritual leader to help you get focused and clear about the direction that you want to move in and can move in with some support, with some guidance. Oftentimes, uh, when we're working with someone, they can help you see what you can't, they'll help you see what you can't see. They'll help you clarify your thoughts, um, consider a different perspective. And so those are things that, um, are a part of, of the book and there it's a part of um, coming to a place where you are being who you were born to be, doing what you were born to do. It really pours out of you. It's clear that you're passionate about this topic, Maria. <laughs> well, yes. I am passionate about it. And, you know, it's interesting because in terms of my business, I, I, was, I was living in um, Kenya and I was out at the Indian Ocean. I says, oh, you know, I want a business. I want the, uh, the right resort, a sanctuary uh, where, where women like me can just come to take care and be taken care of, where they can relax, where they can learn self-care, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Well, it took me a long time to get to a place where I could develop uh, the right resort because I, I have a son and it was my responsibility as a single parent to support my son. So when he became a senior at uh, Berkeley, I said, I've done my duty. I can't stand it anymore. I'm retiring. And so I retired from, from the city of Oakland so that I could um, devote full time to this right resort, which is absolutely about serving and supporting, empowering women. 
uh, women executives, entrepreneurs, leaders, women in transition who get to that place and say, okay, uh, I've retired, or okay, the kids have grown up. Okay, I'm, how do I contribute my gifts now? How do I reach back to that passion that I put on the back burner and bring it forward? In what way can I share my skills, my talents, my gifts at this stage of my life and, 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 and still be able to make a contribution? That's uh, a good deal of what we're doing as we relook at how we can best serve, support, contribute. It's an exciting time as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> it's a very, because we get to co-create what it is we want. We don't have to focus on how We can focus on what we want. I'll just leave it at that. Co-create what, you know, what is your dream? What is your passion? What is your desire for yourself personally, but collectively in your organization, in your business, in the world? What is the world you want to raise your grandchildren in? What, what is, you know... <laughs> I think a lot of times, I mean, I don't have grandchildren, but I think of young children that I see in the neighborhood, they're not in school, and I'm thinking, oh my God, this experience, not being able to connect with their friends, will be like our parents talked about the depression, a very, um, a, an experience that shaped their lives, that shaped their values. These children are bright. They have magnificent minds. They know how to use this technology. And yet, as an elder, I'm saying, I, I come with me, teach me, help me. Let's co-create this together. If we focus on the book for a minute, what advice would you give to somebody who is thinking about writing a book and is hesitant to do so? And I'm talking, when I say a book, I'm referring to a business book as opposed to fiction or poetry or some other non-business type of book. Well, what I can say for myself is that just I had, I scheduled time three to four hours, not every day, but I, it, was, it was on my hand calendar. I scheduled it and then I, would, I sat down, I had this resource, this resource, and I just started writing. So the most important thing, of course, whatever your idea is, is that um, you, you begin writing. And if it's something you're passionate about, you will find that you already have resources. It's a matter of pulling those resources together. And of course, there's, there's homework you got to do uh, as well, because I quote, I quote a, a number of people in this, in this book, and I have my own quotes. But I think 
the biggest advice is to start and start by creating time on your calendar that you honor. This is the three hour that I have committed. There's a specific place that you're operating in and you develop that energy of writing in that space so that there's an environment that supports this discipline because writing a book is discipline. Uh, and of course you have experienced people who proof it, etc., etc., etc. And um, I have to say that the, the most one of the things that I loved the most was deciding on a, a cover, you know, a cover for the book. I'm into butterflies. And so, you know, we looked and choosing the colors of the, the cover and the design and what, that was a part of it that I really, really loved. And I had to be guided to do that. At the time that I wrote the book, I, I didn't have the resources that I have now or the, the knowledge that I have now in terms of working with um, the internet. <laughs> so it's discipline. Yes, yes. Yeah, it doesn't get done without committing some time to do it. That's for sure. Is there another book in you, Harriet? Yes, there is. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of rolling my eyes because I have the option of updating this current one. And what I'm doing right now is creating freebies um, that I believe are going to evolve into YouTube videos <laughs> and ultimately a book. Um, and the working title is Five Essential Tools to, to lead the revolution toward love, light, and liberation. <laughs> you do have a book inside you. You can have a title of a book inside you. Well, this is the programs that, I, this is what I'm working with now. And um, who's to say the sky is the limit and people actually still read books. I mean, I'm, I'm very old school. I don't, you know, I don't want to read it on, I don't want Kindle, I don't want, you know, I want to turn the pages, make marks, put bookmarks in it. And I still think that there are people, or I'm choosing to believe that there are still people who, who like the, the tangible <laughs> turn page book. It's so interesting too when you know so much is on Zoom and how many people do you see with a background of books, <laughs> a bookshelf? <laughs> I even saw a virtual background of books. <laughs> well, see. <laughs> Excellent. I know that our listeners are going to out more about you and the services that you offer, what would be the best way for them to be able to connect with you? Well, I invite you to go to therightresort.com and that's T-H-E-W-R-I-G-H-T-R-E-S-O-R-T, therightresort.com. Um, 
you will find many resources to heal, empower, and transform you. Very nice. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on Writing to Get Business, Harriet. It's been a pleasure talking with you. You've covered some inspiring concepts that we have to focus on. We have to think about our passion, our opportunities, and the constraints that maybe are still in our heads about why we can't do this or that, which are not valid today, and kick those barriers out of our head. And from the standpoint of writing books, you've talked about the importance of blocking off time and making sure that you adhere to that commitment. You put three hours of time on your handwritten calendar that helped to discipline you so that you could create the materials from the resources that you had and make sure that you devoted that time to writing. And we can't wait for the next book on the five tools. <laughs> love, is it love? Life? It's five essential tools to lead the revolution toward love, light, and liberation. And when you're blocking out that time, you're also creating the physical space. So the inner, so that physical space carries your writing energy. You go to that place. So you're building up that support just in having the physical space plus the time carved out. Excellent. Yes, thank you for reiterating that point. Um, I have found when I've been writing my books that I tend to put my resources into a box and put them all together, whether that's a physical file or a computer file. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to pick up that box of other resources that I want to quote from if they're yes. all in place. Organization. <laughs> and thank you to you, the listener who has been spending the last 30 minutes with us, hearing Harriet Tubman Wright and Pat I are talking about writing a book about body, mind, spirit and some of the things that are important for us to remember as we go through life, that we're only going through one time and we should make the best use of this possible. This is Pat Iyer with Writing to Get Business. I have with me Harriet Tubman Wright. We just finished recording a podcast and I've asked her to tell you what you'll get from listening to her podcast. Welcome back to the show, Harriet. Thank you. And for the listeners, what you can expect is inspiration, information, really about the value of self-care and the importance of following your soul's calling, the importance of taking care of yourself so that you can better serve and support others, doing what you love most. Be sure to come back next week or click on the next show in this lineup and pick out Harriet Tubman Wright's show. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Be sure to put it on your playlist and on your devices. We love the feedback we're getting from people who are enjoying writing to get business. 
Hi, this is Pat Iyer with Writing to Get Business, and I just finished interviewing John C. Saunders, who is the new author of a book called The Optimizer, Building and Leading a Team of Serial Innovators. John, we just had a stimulating half an hour discussion, and I know we could have gone on longer because we click with each other. Tell our listener, what are the things that we covered in this podcast that would benefit the reader? Well, thanks again for having me on, Pat. It was really a pleasure. Our conversation really, I think, evolved around the, the career transition that I went through, how getting out and writing was really a game changer for me, just simply the act of writing and going through this process of not just writing a series of papers, but turning that into a book by getting feedback from a number of folks and finding something that you're passionate to write about. You know, how I came to this book was really thinking about in my, during my career transition, thinking about what is it that makes me passionate about my work? And what I found, it was the coaching and research, uh, coaching and leadership elements of the job. And that's really what the book is about. How do you, as a coach and a leader, how do you help people get better and optimize their, their work effort and deliver more of the gift they have to their company organization? And that's really the, the key to this book. And as a leader, how do you build and, and lead that mindset? Most importantly, by developing trust. But I think the key lessons for me were, and I think that we covered are, you know, how do you continue to learn? How do you be curious? And most importantly, how do you effectively ask people for feedback and help, which was a big part of my leadership journey and certainly in the book, developing this group of beta readers uh, throughout the process, helping them, getting them to help me promote the book, to promote the presale, and now to promote the book now that it's on Amazon and, and out there in the world. And this is literally the book's birthday. John's book launched last night. So he's right in the throes of getting the message out through social media, through his beta readers, through his contacts to help get attention and buzz built around his book. Be sure to listen to John Saunders, the author of the new book, The Optimizer. You'll hear his interview next if you are paying paying attention to the order of these shows. And you'll find the shows on my YouTube channel called patire.com, or you'll find the shows on all the audio channels. And we also offer transcripts of our shows on patire.com. Be sure to get John's interview and be inspired by the systematic way that he approached writing and promoting his book. Thanks so much. Thank you, Pat. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Check out Pat Iyer's resources for writers at writingtogetbusiness.com. That is W-R-I-T-I-N-G-T-O-G-E-T-B-U-S-I-N-E-S-S dot com. Coaches, consultants, and entrepreneurs work with Pat so they can get more business by writing and sharing their expertise. Check out Pat's resources on writingtogetbusiness.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.